Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2, the safe space created for Black women by Black women to strip away the taboo of talking about mental health. You'll hear from mental health professionals and advocates as well as Black women sharing their experiences as we break down the complexities, explore ways to heal, and support each other. My name is Ashley, I'm your host. Whether you're a seasoned regular or this is your first time tuning in, thank you so much for your support. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2. I'm your host, Ashley. Today we have a very special guest and another podcaster. I'm super excited because I don't think we've actually had another podcaster on the on the on the podcast. So welcome, oh, Cookie. Nice. Cookie is the host of the Dirty Bag Podcast. It's one of my new favorite podcasts. It's in rotation, downloads heavy on Spotify. <laughs> um, but yes, Cookie, welcome, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, I I think you might be the first one. Yes. Oh, I'm about to flex. Y'all got me mad. I don't know if y'all are ready for this episode. You should have said that. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm super excited for this. Um, Yeah. Cookie and I connected. I feel like we've been like low key going back and forth, like on each other's posts and stuff on Instagram. Um, Always love being able to connect with people, but it's I think it's really awesome to be able to actually connect with another black woman that's also podcasting in the same space and um like you're killing it so I'm just admiring you from afar um but I definitely hit a point I think it was a couple weeks ago I was like okay we need to we need to link up I don't know how I'm gonna do this so we just slide into her dms and I was literally thinking about it when you did it I was like (laughs) yes same page we were on the same page (laughs) we really were yes (laughs) Yeah, but I'm super excited um, to have you on the podcast today. We are going to get into some fun stuff today. Uh, It's probably going to be a little bit more of like a lighthearted episode. I don't know, but um, Cookie is. I mean, we're we're going to get into all things celebrity gossip and and how trying to like keep up with with all the the gossip, not just celebrity gossip, but just news and social media in general, and trying to keep up with that. Um, but also trying to put your mental health as a priority and, and find some sort of balance. So before we get into that though, um, you know, we got to do our three minute icebreaker one day. I'm going to name it something better than three minute icebreaker because it sounds so corporate, but you know, maybe you have an idea. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Straight from work. Three minute corporate. (laughs) I'll find a different name for it. I'm creative, but not with naming things. So it's okay. Me neither. I get it. I totally yeah. get, get it. The podcast is called Black Girls Have Anxiety Too. It's very on the nose. I no <laughs> <laughs> They should be scared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're gonna do a little three minute icebreaker. Um yeah. basically that means I'm just gonna throw some questions at you. You tell me the first thing that comes on comes out. If it is a story, you want to share it, go ahead. Um, but it's just three minutes. And you ready? Let's go. Oh, Don't yeah, be scared. I'm scared of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm scared. I ain't coming to be no poop. Let's yeah. <laughs> All right. Ready? Here we go. First question. What is the worst haircut, hairdo that you ever that you ever had? 
Oh my God. When I was little, I actually cut my braids. My mom would do like <sighs> little individual braids and they but it was my natural hair, so they would kind of just stick up in the air. So I got some scissors one day and the ones that wouldn't go down, I cut them and put them in a vent. <laughs> my little hair was so uneven for years. It was horrible. Boy, she beat my ass. Not not in the vent. You put them I in the vent. Where did that come from? Cause I was like, where do I hide it? And I got caught because I dropped the scissors on my first, my first round of my aunt was like, girl, what you doing? And she checked it and saw it with some missing braids. Oh, she got me. I think I was like nine. Oh my so, God. So yeah, it, it, I had a lot of hair. She jacked my, I, I jacked my hair. Oh my so God. Yeah. That's, that's pretty bad. That's traumatizing. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> who is your childhood crush? Usher. Usher. Why did I think you were going to say Usher? Look, like we was, go back. Yeah, that was like, my man. Okay, what's your favorite song by Usher? Tell me. Okay, all right. I just got hip to it last year. I'm like, all his songs. How have I never? But the album one day, great. But that song right there, and he was skating to it in the shade room one day. I said, that's a baby making song. Usher skating has been has been a vibe. He, he figured I, it out. I'm yeah. proud of him for that. I yeah. love that for him. That, that's been a vibe. I, I'm loving that. It's giving like Black Boy Joy for sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you ever been told you look like someone famous? And if so, who? People give me some weird ass comparisons. Somebody said Nisi Nash last year. I think it's because I started gaining a bunch of weight before. My mouth is very wide. So mm-hmm. when I cut my hair short, all the white folks were like, oh my God, you look like Fantasia, baby. We there's like a two shade difference between us. Yeah. Nobody ever gets my <laughs> lookalikes right. Yeah, I don't know I if I agree with either of those. I didn't either. It's just I'm I'm a character. I think this this the facial expressions folks just be pinning people on me. So um, yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't if, even know anymore. If you were famous, what would you be famous for? My mouth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the podcast. <laughs> I thought I was gonna be a professional dancer. That shit went out the window. Oh. <laughs> when did you know you weren't going to be a professional dancer? When I got to college and was pregnant my freshman year and wasn't joining nobody's dance team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a choreographer. Paula Abdul was my like idol growing up. Like I remember like early days, like 90s Paula Abdul. So Yeah. Okay, okay. Yes. Um, what is uh what's your favorite food and what's your least favorite food? I'm in Texas now, so anything stuffed deep fried i don't like vegetable i can't stand peas i just don't see the point <laughs> peas, like why the fuck do they i've never heard anybody say i want a bowl of peas like i just don't get why I'm, they're necessary i'm the weird one that's like i'll throw some peas in in rice and put some sauce on it and i'll girl how many white folks you've been hanging around well let me tell you about my childhood it's <laughs> <laughs> a variety of people <laughs> i have eaten everything on the spectrum the oh. best of the best yeah, I've eaten. Folks start sprinkling peas and shit. I'd be like, mm, I had you out in the woods then. They had you out in the woods. At least you got out. <laughs> yes, I've been around. I went to private school for certain periods of my childhood. So, oh, I've, I've had you come from money. Okay. No, no, I was on scholarship. I was oh, on scholarship. <laughs> I was on scholarship. <laughs> High school we and college. Yeah. <laughs> A big scholarship. <laughs> My mom was like, if they ain't paying, we're not going. You're going to go to public school. My brother was in public school, so. <laughs> Damn. The blood and the crips in the crib. 
Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, last question. If you had to eat one meal for every day for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, God. Um, I've been eating it all the time anyways. Fried catfish and grits with this little sauce. There's this restaurant here called True Kitchen cocktails and I don't even know what's in the sauce they won't tell nobody it's like the best thing I've ever had oh, and you can't even finish good. it it's like so much yeah oh, that sounds so good well you're in Houston right you don't know you're I'm in, in Dallas, Dallas. You're in yeah Dallas. okay this food ain't no joke it's- yeah shout out to everybody in Texas I went to school at um University of Texas so I think we talked about that a little bit but I yes. have eaten like some good Texas food Ooh, some good stay fair right now too. I ain't been yet. I think I'm gonna go in a couple go. of days. Oh, it's so much fun. I know I went last year in the middle of the day, which was dumb because you can't be like in 90 degree heat drinking and eating like stuffed yeah. fried chicken wing. It's like the stupidest thing. Yeah, you, you gotta do. go like three, four o'clock with a hat and a lot of water in your system. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. have no water. Don't yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you gotta try the stuffed Oreos and what else? They do stuffed lemonade, which doesn't make sense, but you got to try it. I just know it's a stuffed corn dog. It's got like crab in it. Somebody posted it and I was like, this is why I can't lose weight now. <laughs> yeah, girl, in Texas, good luck. Cause... My body changed quick. I was like, now what are these? Yes. <laughs> these hips? <laughs> yes. I got to Texas my freshman year and I think I gained 10 pounds that summer and I was working yep. out twice a day. So. Ten. <laughs> Ten. Ten. <laughs> oh my goodness so we are going to get into we're just going to get into anxiety just I want to talk about because I know with your podcast you are very much up on all of the you know the celebrity news like what's happening in black culture um but I I know for me when I keep up with regular news plus you know the little shade room uh, stuff and I, I feel like it's just nonstop. It's not like back in the day when you know something would happen like once a week, twice a week, and then you talk about it for two weeks. Yeah, something is happening almost every hour. Even just before this, you were talking about a new movie coming out. Yeah, and just trying to—I don't want to say trying to keep up, but it's just a lot going on all the time. So how does that have an effect on your anxiety? Yeah, it's like the stupidest thing. I mean, it, it's dumb. It's it's uh, seriously, you just, you setting yourself up. Because for me, I engage like the blog sometimes. Yeah. And especially the shade room. And if you say something and people like it enough or dislike it, they keep commenting. So your notification, this has happened to me about four times where my notifications were just nonstop. So either somebody agreeing or somebody wanting to argue. And you've tried to move on from the conversation. So there have been things that have triggered me. And I'm like, man... I shouldn't have even said shit, dog. Like, because now it's not going to stop and I don't want to talk about it anymore. And I have learned that. So for me, like logging on social media, it, it's not logging on social media. It feels like work. But sometimes it feels like unpleasant work because you're keeping up. But if you use your voice, you got to deal with the backlash of people constantly responding, especially like I said, when you engage in blogs. So it's very tiring, actually. I, I'm a, I'm a low-key masochist with this shit because it's like, you, you keep coming back for more. Some days it ain't worth it. Yeah. <laughs> there have been things where I was just like, I don't even like what I'm seeing no more. Like, this done went too far. I like, can't yeah. be Rock's girlfriend being blamed for his murder. I commented something and yeah. people wouldn't let it go. 
Yeah. So I will say that and the whole thing when the Danny Lee, Danny Lay and the baby that live where mm-hmm. he was dogging her, it was triggering for me. And I made it and people just kept going. And it was like, yo, this is but I can't sleep and my phone won't stop going off. So now I gotta mm-hmm. turn it off. Like it's just it's too much. So yeah. It's that's a lot, especially situations like the Danny Lay and the baby situation, or even like PNB Rock. I'm sure it's triggering just from notifications, but I think I'm sure for a lot of people that have been in similar situations, unfortunately, it's probably triggering for them. And it is wanting, you know, you do want to engage, you do want to give your opinion, and it does like put you in this headspace of like, I, I got to defend myself, and it kind of you kind of feel like you have to show up. And I think for us, yeah, in a way, we have to show up. And maybe we we get to choose what spaces that we show up in, but day to day in order for us to keep up, like we have to continue to show up and there's a certain amount of like, okay, I have to at least know what's going on. I have to at least be in the conversations. I can't be so far removed where I shut everything off because the podcast needs you to be in those conversations. So I know for me, it's like, it's about, it's trying to be, (laughs) it's a, it's a tough thing to balance. It is. It, it, it very much is. And for me, what I used to do before the podcast is I had a routine, like at least once a year, I would log off social media anywhere from a month to a couple of months. Oh, wow. I can't. Oh, man. Game changer. I would deactivate my social media and just give myself a break and be present with life. And it was a game. I did it at least once a year. So the past two years, it's been the first time I've been able to do it. And even with the podcast, I had a couple of days where I was like, no, I just need two weeks. Yeah. And I had friends like, oh my God, you can't do that. You got a podcast. And I'm like, girl, you ain't listened to the last two episodes. Shut up. <laughs> up here telling me what I need to do. And you maybe if you share the shit, I can work a little bit. Post it to hard. your story, anything, like send it to some friends. Yeah, yeah won't you I help me that. so I don't have to work double hard? But yeah, yeah like it's just I'm trying to show up. And it's like, if you ain't no good for yourself, you're not any good to your audience because you can tell when you you starting to fall off. Yeah. So it's a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. I know there's been points where, like, I think it was earlier this year. No, it might have been late last year. There was a point where I took a break of like, I probably didn't didn't release an episode for like seven or eight weeks, and that was like the longest time since 2020 when we first started the podcast. So, <clears throat> and I remember being a little bit stressed, a lot of bit stressed, a lot of stress because I was like, okay, I'm stepping away. I'm stepping away from social media I'm taking a step back from recording like I got a lot of stuff going on job changes were happening while I was waiting yeah. for job changes to happen right you know it's just, there's just a point where you do kind of feel like oh my gosh like I need to take a step back but you pay for it like when you're in this space you pay for it because then you try to come back and you try to enter yourself back into the conversation and like you me? start reposting yeah. things you start creating content again and you feel like you're starting from from the bottom, like you just been shoved to the back of the line. Yeah. And I, but what I learned about that is you got to figure out a way to be creative. Like Will Smith did after that slap, he disappeared. But when he came back to social media, he did make a, a comedic reentrance. And he used one of them videos like when you've been out for a long time and you try to creep back in. So he did it the right way. He he turned yeah. even coming back after a break into content. So I yeah. think that's where, and I talked about this on the episode I did with Mo. Of uh, Monique of um, uh, of infertility in me, and we're talking about like the comedic aspect of podcast content. 
to kind of help you out because you don't want to just pop back on out of nowhere and be like, like in my bio. Nigga, I ain't even seen you. Yeah. I ain't on your damn bio. Oh, it's been three months. <laughs> it's been three months. Girl, bye. <laughs> I go to your bio when I feel like it. Yeah. So it's just that extra work of trying to figure out how to re-engage your audience or at least let them know like, hey, I'm a fan. Yeah, 100%. So how, how has it been, like, have you changed the way that you manage, like, your intake of what's happening throughout this year, for example? What's interesting, and I've managed my intake of interpersonal relationships and how much, I've always been the person that people like to call with whatever they have going on in life, and I take it on, and that's just been my role. That's, that's just who I've been. I also know there's trauma attached to that too and trying to be for other people, which you want somebody to be for you. But I realized not only was it wearing me out, but I wasn't getting any of the things that I accomplished because I was spending so much time, like I said this before, breathing life into everybody else. But I also learned that people look to me to be the consummate hype man. It was like, I need to hype my damn self up. So let me pause on y'all real quick. You don't listen to my advice half the time with the shit you're calling me about. So if you're not going to listen, you're going to do what you want to do. You're going to keep making these mistakes. I can't take any of y'all shit. I got to take care of me because I neglected me for a very long time. And so I've been refiguring my personal relationships. So maybe that's why I've had time to keep up with celebrity shit because I'm not taking all everybody. Celebrities, I don't know them. They ain't got my phone number. <laughs> so I'm just mindful of what type of phone conversation, what, what calls I answer, what group yeah. texts I engage because I just, I just realized I ain't really got it like that. That's it sounds like boundaries. It sounds like I've are... never set boundaries before. Didn't even know it was a thing that I needed to do. Yeah. So I'm I'm learning in the last two years about boundaries because I ain't never had them. I just know that I'm a ride for mine. And then I would get upset when folks would not reciprocate the mm-hmm. energy that I felt I was putting out. So it's been putting limitations on the access that people have to me. That's that's a hard thing to do. I know how to, I've. I've made a point, I think, over the past few years to do that more often and try to not so much cut people off because I used to do that a lot. A toxic trait of mine. <laughs> if I'm being transparent. Um, but I'm trying to be mature. <laughs> but no, I think um <laughs> still yours. Yeah, I, I gotta get I'm too good at it and it's not a flex. Yeah. It's hard to stop, it's like a hard thing to stop doing because and I realized I, I used to cut people off because I did not have the emotional maturity at the time to handle that conversation and, and be honest with them because, and be like, you piss me off. This is, I, I need to take a step back, but I don't want to stop being your friend, but we need some space. I'll just cut you off. And yeah. so I'm trying, I've realized that's a very, very uncomfortable position for me to be in. So oh, yeah. It's taking time. I'm not perfect at it. I still will just like not answer phone calls until I feel like it. But when I answer the phone call, at some point I'm going to have, I'll try to be honest with you as to where I'm at. But yeah, boundary setting is hard. It's so easy to be like, set your boundaries, but it takes work. Yeah. I'll tell you one, oh Lord, she listens to this episode. I have a friend, I have a friend. She doesn't particularly share the episodes, but what she will do is she will dump my inbox with other people's content. It will be like, oh, they keeping it real. They and there's a few times she where she sent me stuff that I'd said in previous episodes. Mm-hmm. I was like, but she would do it a lot. And the thing is, when I log on social media, it's usually to post content. So now I have to see all these videos. Mm-hmm. And I was and one and two days ago, I was just like, yo, um, 
it's Sunday. This is literally my podcast day. This is the day I drop episodes. I don't really want other, I, when I log on, I want to log on to drop content and rest. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. And, and I know I probably came off harsh, but it's like, you've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. I said, if it ain't got nothing to do with building my platform, I just don't have the energy for it right now. They got millions of followers. They got millions of viewers. That's exactly what I said. Because it was like, you keep doing it. And I've hinted a bunch of times about it in a joking way about friends that do stuff like that. And I know we don't create for our friends that ain't our audience. But if you got time to be flooding my shit mm-hmm. with somebody else's stuff all the time, at some point we can have a conversation. Because yeah. Jane, like you not consuming content you are but what I need with all that so that was but to me it was a boundary because it, it had been annoying me for months so I let it go for a while yeah, yeah. well good well, for I'm you for saying something. um I think I've, I've dealt with the same thing of I think I hit a point last year where I stopped expecting friends or family to engage and that yeah. was really hard for me because I I think also just growing up playing basketball and like everybody's always cheering for you and everybody is like, you know, you grow up kind of, I don't, I wasn't the center of attention, but everything was in front of an audience. And so moving to this space where it's podcasting and like you're behind a mic and your audience is, my audience is very niche. um, I would share and I, I'm excited, right? I'm super excited about my podcast. And I was doing it with like a really good friend of mine at the time. Shout out to Dominique. Um, and I was sharing it with my family. I was, I remember sharing it on Facebook thinking, oh, all my family and stuff is on Facebook. Um, <laughs> whoo, highly uh, disappointed with, with, that, with that. I think the first time I shared it, you know, I had a, like, I may have had like 10 likes on it. Um, and then I realized, okay, everybody's not my audience. And I think different friends, uh, just think different friends serve your friendships in different ways. Yeah. Um, and as much as I would love, because I'm the type of friend and I realized just like you said earlier, I'm the type of friend that if you have anything, I don't care if you are selling, uh, baking cakes, I don't care if you are washing cars I don't care if you are selling cars, if you are selling ebooks, I'm going to like share your stuff. And that's where the boundaries came from for me because I was one of the, because I've been in sales for almost 17 years. So I'm a natural salesman. Mm. So without thinking about it, I was doing free marketing for people and I was showing, just sharing your shit. I was literally selling it the way I'm trying to sell. But Mm. I noticed that when I stopped doing that, I wasn't as valuable to people. So I think it was things like that that also really made me like force these boundaries like that. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. That's a good point. You don't know until you stop where it ain't even stopping that you don't want to. Life happens, but see what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. And I think the the other hard part has been like some people I've met through this podcast have been way more supportive than people closest to me and so I'm trying to like change my perspective of well I've last year I decided okay I'm going to change my perspective of being really disappointed that people aren't engaging and I'm just going to take all of the love that I'm getting and focus on that and if somebody decides to share it like awesome great but you know I'm not going to 
yeah. I'm not going to force the issue. And I also know they're just not my audience. Like for some people, they're just not my audience. Even if I wasn't their audience, I would still be listening. I would still download. I'll let it play on silent if I can't listen to it, like you yeah, said I'll earlier. I'll be letting folks get their streams. They don't even know. Yeah. But you know, when they do come around, you start getting notoriety for it. Oh, yeah. They, they pop up, man, I'm so prepped. Like, oh. Oh, where, okay. where have you been? <laughs> got it. But it's just, yeah. yeah, just realizing you got to serve an audience and just showing up for them. And that's the best thing you can do. Yeah, 100%. That takes time, but it's it's okay. We got we got yeah. here. <laughs> so, let's talk a little bit about um I'm not even going to bring up the Kanye situation cuz it's not worth being on on this podcast. But <laughs> but let's talk about um you know, when something happens in the news or in the blogs or whatever it may be and you decide, "Okay, I'm going to talk about it on my podcast." Is there a point where you're like, okay, I'm going to talk about it on the pod and then I'm going to let this go. And, you know, maybe I'll engage with it for a week or so whenever the content, you know, gets put out. Is there a point where you have to step away from, from certain things? I try to put it out there and then move on from it. Unless it keeps going. Like most recently, the whole B. Simone and Danny Lay situation, which was hard because I met B. Simone twice. I drove all the way to Kansas City when I was living in Kansas for her comedy show the first time she was on tour. So I like her. But again, that part of me that was triggered by how she got treated by the baby and knowing how B. Simone, I I found myself being weird, feeling weird about covering some of that. Knowing Mm -hmm. that I'm a fan of B. Simone's, but I also ride for mothers. Yeah. So it's just like, okay, you might get, you might, there's a part of you that's kind of getting emotionally invested in this situation. Mm. pull back that ain't you that's not your life number one but just make sure we making the main thing the main thing and that's women just figuring out a way to talk this shit out so when I put something out um that's happening in the media I try to put it out and then just go okay because I can get if it, if it if it ties to something that's happened in my life I won't let it go I'll keep discussing it and looking for some sort of resolution that's not gonna come so I try to be real careful about that yeah yeah I want to go back to, um, you mentioned that you're a mom and I know that you had your baby during the pandemic, right? Right before. So my son was his, it was his senior year in high school during the Mm -hmm. pandemic. I had my daughter right before, so November. So right before the pandemic hit. So she's a pandemic toddler, essentially pandemic baby. Yeah. So that was, that was interesting. But yeah. So how was that? Because I know you started the the pod back in 2020 as well. So you had a baby in 2019. You had a baby, you had a baby leaving, and then a baby coming, and and then the pandemic hit in one year. So like, how did you, how did you deal with that? Because I'm in awe of all pandemic. I'm in awe of mothers in general. I only have cats. So, yeah. <laughs> but I'm in awe of mothers, and I and I I feel for anybody that has to especially bring somebody new into this world during the pandemic so how did you deal with that did you deal with that that was crazy as fuck because i was already going through my own shit like her father not being in a relationship with him not necessarily dealing with him but dealing with being in a relationship with somebody else during that time which ended up being some fuck shit my my life during that time was a cross between Grey's anatomy and being mary jane it was some wild shit going on during that time but yeah, so I had my own just crazy circus going on. But I had decided that I was moving to Texas. 
So I moved to Texas like October during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And then I launched the podcast in November. Like I just did so many things. And my daughter was like nine, almost 10 months old. And her brother had just left for college. So it was so many life transitions. I left a job with a very comfortable salary. Looking back, it was chaotic as shit. But the pandemic gave me the balls to make some moves. So I had this new baby and I'm like, all right, you've been in this corporate job, miserable for I don't know how long. It's time for you to take some risks. So for me, it was all about what do I have to lose? I'm a leap. And it was a lot of adjusting. That first six months was rough. But looking back, I was like, I can't believe you did that shit. You had no job. You had savings. You blew through that savings quick as fuck because moving across state is expensive. Mm-hmm. Like it was just, it was crazy. That's the that shit was But was there like a certain thing that got you through it or a few things that got you through it? Well, at some point I was just like, I don't know what the fuck I just did. I remember having a moment like, did you make the right decision? But as things started kind of coming together, I just knew that you wanted to, I wanted to change my life. It was time for me to walk away from things that weren't serving me. So I had no certainty about the future. I just knew that what I was dealing with, who I was dealing with, the job that I was dealing with, the city I was in, none of this shit was for me. And I was either going to make a move and be uncomfortable, or I was going to stay here comfortable and stuck, not happy, and not giving myself an opportunity to be in a city where opportunities can reach me. And I got one, you know, to be a consultant for somebody. So that's really the excuse I use to move to Dallas. Like, all right, it's remote, but the company's in Dallas. I'm leaving this job and I'm going to just go. So I think there was moments where I, I was like, man, this is crazy. But it was also like, but where you were before wasn't it either. Mm-hmm. You were stagnant. You were never happy. So you might as well make a move and be uncomfortable over stagnant and unhappy and not going anywhere. Yeah. So how's that how's that mindset how changed? Like if you were to compare today versus hey, yeah, I'm like, you can't tell me shit. I'm double my bag. <laughs> I love I'm that. My bag, a bigger play. I'm I'm outside. People know who I am a little bit, sort of kind of there. The podcast has been featured. I'm about to do my second magazine uh, publication feature. I just finished the interview for that last week. Yeah. So things are happening. I still have my moments, but it's like I know what I'm capable of now. I'm not scared to take risks. I'm not scared to walk away from a thing. I'm not scared to try a thing. And that wasn't me before. I was very safe, very corporate, even though anxiety through the roof from the microaggressions that I dealt with. But now it's like, girl, you moved to Dallas. And at one point, you was eight months not working, but you made it happen. But you was okay. So I don't have loyalty to anything that doesn't serve me. So I think that was the biggest thing. Now I'm like, y'all better shut the dome somewhere now. Don't play play in my face. Don't play with me. No, that's deep. Cause you, I mean, not having, lo- I think a lot of people, and I kind of feel like we were, I was raised this way to, you just work and that loyalty. I think a lot of, I know for my, my parents, a lot of, there's a lot of loyalty where they work and there's a lot of like, you know, security is important and you got to yeah. stay with this company for so many years. And I know for I know for millennials, like the average amount, we average span we stay at companies is like two to three years because I think a lot of us have this mindset of just like, I'm not happy. Why am I going to waste my life here if I'm not happy? Yeah. I can go get paid the same or more somewhere else and be happy. Yeah, and- that's what we're, because a lot of our families didn't have anything. So when you, I mean, and 
your situation. But in ours, like in mine and people like me, when you come from nothing, get a little bit of something, you got to hold on to it. Because what I was always told is, you know, ain't that many of you. Because I was always the first black girl or one of a few black girls in whatever role I was in. So it was there was pressure, but also like you're making good money. And it's like, what's good? No, it ain't. I am still living paycheck to paycheck. This is not good, but it's better than what you made. So with me, like not having anybody to fall back on, and I noticed with a lot of really young millennials, like a lot of folks can move back in with folks where they can have a roommate. I don't have those options. So because of things like that, you got to do what keeps the bills paid. But now it's like, you know, sometimes when you leap, the net will actually appear. It really will. Universe will applaud you letting your nuts drop. So. I love that. I love that. I think. Yeah, I think you got to take a leap of faith. Um, I know for me, I'm a control freak. So the leap I took earlier this year into a new job was a a calculated leap, but a leap nonetheless. <laughs> you thought long and hard about that shit. <laughs> I, I thought long and hard enough to realize that the situation that was presented to me was going to be a lot better than the, than the situation I was in. Okay. But I also knew that if I was going to make a change, it wasn't just going to be uh, based on money. It was also going to be based on heavily based on work-life balance and heavily Uh, for me based on like, how much can I allocate to this podcast? If I take this, how much money can I put into this podcast? If I take this. So it also showed me like how much I really love doing this podcast also and how much I want to grow it. Um, yes I think like I mean I can hear it when you know on your episodes but also just like you come across on Instagram even just here I could tell you love you love what you do well I think fans I mean podcasting in general kind of pisses me there I I say this so I gotta stop saying it because podcasters probably you gotta break that down break that down I, I never wanted to do a podcast. I was always just a talker. Like I went to school for mass communications. I was, was a journalism major. So that's what I did was I used to write and I'm used to just using my mouth. I didn't think about podcasting as being the avenue I would go about using my voice, but that's just what it transpired to. And my thing was always the the, the spectacle saturated. Like podcasters in general, like a lot of them, outside from the ones that I really love that I follow, which is a small few, getting on my nerves. <laughs> even talking about i think there's a lot of people just talking about anything and everything and not really doing their topics due diligence it's the Um, same thing yeah i think there's a lot of like recirculation but i think there are a lot like i'm i'm opposite i i love podcasting i listened to podcasts for years before it became a thing and i had always wanted a podcast like i heard the the media and i was like man this I like this. Like I can, I can do something with this. And I, it took yeah. me three tries to get a podcast going, but we won't talk about that today. But, <laughs> but I'm here. But um, yeah, I think, I think there are a lot of really, really great podcasts out there. And sometimes it, it, it pisses me off a little bit when I see in the comments, people like, oh, another podcast or oh, another podcast. Like why do people like, let's just get rid of podcasts. This is terrible, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. If you pushed because of what's being pushed. So if you're looking for a clickbait, if you're looking at what uh, the shade room posts, or you could, you know, you, the, yeah. we are getting a lot of shock moments. And I, again, yes. we'll go into the most recent shock moment that just happened this past weekend with the man who says he's a genius yet does things that are very 
very dumb for attention. But anyways, we <laughs> will go into that. But I, I feel like what ends up there is shock value. And I think right. 90% of what gets shared when it comes to podcasts on there are these opinions that are blatantly problematic. They're right. blatantly no, misogynistic. You're um, right. They are just like usually offensive, <laughs> but they're provocative. So they end up there and they end up fueling all these comments. And sometimes there's a point I hit probably a couple of months ago. I was like, okay, so all the comments are saying the same thing. So what's the point of this? Like, we're all in agreement that this is stupid. Right. Why are we even here? Like, why are we even sharing yeah. this? At this point, it's just a buzz. Like, yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. That's just, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm cool with the man of my faves. Last night, I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. I feel like there's there's some really, really good ones out there. What I have a question for you. What's what is what is your favorite episode that you've done and your favorite guest? Oh, that's a hard one. Lord. I was looking at my favorite episodes are the ones with my friends that only have 200 followers. Mm. The spirit is not your little friend. Mm. There was four of us. And this is back when I was still doing audio. First of all, I, I missed just doing audio because somebody was rolling a blunt. Somebody was getting <laughs> drunk over here. Somebody was in shot because it was like four different women. And then one of them, um, they were podcast that broke up. So they're no longer... I hate that because they were one of the first people to let me come on their podcast. Mm -hmm. But we were just talking about spirituality and discernment. And like, it was just four different perspectives and we just vibed. It was a vibe and none of us were alike. So I love that organic, authentic vibe where we're talking about spirituality, but we're not being too hyper-religious. We're talking about getting hit over the head when you don't take heed to red flags about anything in your life. It's just, I love those vibe episodes. I don't give a shit about your following because I learned in season one, people really rocked with those folks. Mm -hmm. And these are people that never, a lot of them never logged on to social media. They can't stand social media. They were literally doing me a favor because I need a guest. Mm -hmm. So people are like, my friends, like, you want me to do what? Okay, so that was my best episodes though. It's just a vibe of people that just had some raw perspectives and didn't care about looking a certain way or the camera being on. That's when I, this season, I rushed so much into this. We heal now. And I want to talk about the lighter side of things. And I do, but it's like, we still struggling with some shit. And people need that season one raw vibe. You have to figure out a way to bring that back. Because yeah. that was where it was meeting some of everybody where they were. Yeah. yeah. No, I yeah. love that. I think, um, like you said, like bring women together. That's the same kind of goal that I have. And at some point, I've had an episode where I have had similar, like a bunch of women. I think it was five women at the time. And no video, just like dark, dark room, living room. We had some women on a big ass bean bag, you know, around the around the couch, wine. Like the vibe was shout out to uh shout out to Deja in Las Vegas for setting that up. Like she's she's one of the people that i feel like she rides for this podcast and we only know each other from me asking her to be on the podcast and like i so that's why my focus is on people that had that that pour into me my, that's where my focus is but i think it's a beautiful thing for you to be able to cultivate that space yeah. and like create those create a space for those conversations and i think 
like you said, like having people that where their main priority isn't like, when am I going to get the highlight or when am I, you know, when are you going to make a real about this? You know, not that that's a problem, but I think it's a beautiful thing when, when that's not the priority, that's not the first thing on their mind when they enter the conversation. And then it's just, it just flows. Yeah, I, I miss it. I'm like, I, I get the visuals, but I was like, man, that shit used to be raw. <laughs> and yeah. they probably wouldn't even log on social media to see reactions. They didn't care. They were just introverts. Yeah. Like, all right, girl. All right. <laughs> Let me know when it drops. But yeah. yes, I know I missed that. I love <laughs> that. Well, this is, we're about to hop into the mind game segment real quick. Um, okay. So the mind game segment is basically a segment of the pod where I tell our listeners um a mental health disorder so but i don't tell you what it is you have to kind of guess and then at the end i'll tell you the answer okay you can guess too if you want okay (laughs) all right so for today's my games question here we go this disorder is a common type of anxiety disorder a person with this disorder feels symptoms of anxiety or fear in situations where they may be scrutinized evaluated or judged by others such as speaking in public, meeting new people, dating, being on a job interview, answering a question in class, or having to talk to a cashier in a store. Uh, The fear that people with this disorder have in social situations is so intense that they feel it, it is beyond their control. For some people, this fear may get in the way of going to work, attending school, or doing everyday things. Other people may be able to accomplish these activities, but experience a great deal of fear or anxiety when they do. Um, some people with this disorder do not have anxiety related to, uh, interactions with other people, but they have it during performances. So athletic performances, maybe you're going on stage, public speaking. Um, and it usually starts late childhood and may resemble extreme shyness or avoidance of situations or interpersonal interactions. All right. You want to take a guess? I don't. Shit. <laughs> I mean, to me, it's just an anxiety attack, but I don't. What the fuck is this It's got to be a. Is it a phobia? It's not a phobia. You're close with it's anxiety not attack. It's not ADHD. It's not ADHD. It's a panic attack. That, is that your final guess? He knows this something, so I don't know what you. Damn, I don't know. <laughs> That's a good guess, though. Those are good guesses. So um, for anybody listening, I'm going to give you a couple more seconds uh, to make your guess. I'll give you 20 more seconds while you're guessing. This is a little reminder to hop on to bullhorn.fm. The link for this is in the description, but bullhorn.fm is where we do live podcast episodes. So uh, you'll be able to call in. You can call in with uh, calling on your phone. You can call in on your computer and actually hop on camera. Um, You can chat with other people that are listening and you can also submit questions to our guests. So it's super interactive. If you haven't followed us on Bullhorn, uh, go and follow us now. What are you doing? Um, Download the app or (laughs) go on the computer, type in www.bullhorn, that's B-U-L-L-H-O-R-N.F-M and search for Black Girls Have Anxiety 2 and give us a follow. Then you'll know uh, when the next live episode drops. All right. Any last minute guesses, Cookie? No? 
Oh, I'm sitting up here thinking, oh, hard. No, I don't know. Okay. So the answer, you were close, but the answer is social anxiety disorder. What the hell? (laughs) So you were close. I mean, anxiety attack, you know, that kind of people with social anxiety disorder probably have. You gotta go study diseases. (laughs) It's okay. I'll send you a DSAM5. DSM5. I won't send it to you because I don't even own one. But (laughs) but yeah so some of the signs and symptoms of uh social anxiety disorder are blush sweat or trembling Um, people get a rapid heart rate they feel like their mind has gone blank or they feel sick to their stomach um i know some people with social anxiety actually like throw up in in certain situations yeah stressful um they have a rigid body posture or they speak with an overly soft voice uh they find it difficult to make eye contact they be around people they don't know um, and they feel self, self-conscious or fear that people will dr- judge them negatively and they usually avoid places where there are other people. So yeah, if you're struggling with social anxiety, I know I have a little bit of social anxiety, but I don't think I have never been diagnosed with social anxiety disorder. Um, my social anxiety really comes in like concerts and like being around a lot of people and having, not necessarily concerts, but having to talk to a bunch of people in a big setting, but Cookie, do you experience social anxiety at all? I do. Well, no. First of all, I love people. Okay. I, I'm, I'm sometimes a little too much of an extrovert, but I mean, I don't like being in a room full of a whole bunch of white people. That's like they're gonna okay. force me to perform. So that. <laughs> oh, I feel that. Yeah, to, you got to kind of be the token. Oh, that's uh, yeah, I've been, I've been that in spaces like so yeah right. that so yeah that's probably the only time there's a whole bunch of them at this point I'm just like y'all gonna ask me to perform y'all gonna say some crazy shit yeah so, not I've so been much asked to do some interesting what's the craziest thing you've been asked in in those kind of, kind of they love me they either want me to dance mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been <laughs> asked like can you twerk do you know how to twerk? I've I've had that. I haven't been asked to twerk yet. They be wanting me to do imitations that I can do. I used to do really good imitations, but yeah, it's or, yeah. Or yeah. they ask me like what certain things mean. Um, yeah, yeah, that part. I'm like, I'm not trying to be the spokesperson for us because you're really just trying to figure out a way to be disrespectful. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it's stressful. Yeah, na- navigating those, especially you were in corporate, so you already know. Yeah, I do know. So that's where my anxiety comes from. It's like, what am I going to have to deal with today? What microaggression? Yeah, how am I going to yeah. navigate this space? Well, I work completely remotely, so thankfully I don't I don't run into that often. You know, I just, <laughs> bye everybody! <laughs> like, right. off the meeting. <laughs> right. Yeah, but um, yeah, I feel that. Uh, just as a reminder, follow us on bullhorn.fm if you haven't followed us already. Um, but Cookie, so uh, for everybody that's listening, First off, thank you for joining me today. This has been a lot of fun. We got to do yeah. it again soon. I think we, we are doing it again soon. But on we your are show, doing it so, this week, actually. Yes. Yeah. We can do it. We don't do it. So if you're listening to this, chances are you, you just go, just cue the next, cue her episode. Come to the dark side next week. Come to the dark side. But Cookie, um, where can everybody find you? Where can they listen to the Dirty Bag podcast? You can listen to me, first of all. You can go, if you like Apple, you know, you like a little Google, like a little Spotify, like a little Anchor, go ahead. Um, the visual episodes are always on YouTube, Dirty Bag Podcast. If you want to follow me on TikTok, I'm trying my best to learn. Bruh. And on Instagram, Dirty Bag Podcast as well. That's that's about it. I'll be out here trying to do what I do. 
Yes. <laughs> She's funny. Don't don't let her fool you. She's funny. So I will make sure all of her information is in the description. Uh, make sure you go give her a follow on whatever platform you're listening to. Hop on Instagram. Hop on a TikTok. Uh, make sure we follow, we support, share, download the podcast, play them. You know, send them to a friend, share them in the group chat. Please share them in the group chat. It helps. <laughs> but um, thank you, Cookie. I appreciate you joining. Um, you. For everybody that is listening, um, make sure that you're following us on uh, Instagram, Black Girls Have Anxiety too. TikTok, Black Girls Have Anxiety too. I'm getting a little better at TikTok. So don't be too harsh on me. You know, I'm actually having fun with it, but I'm realizing it takes up a lot of my time. So I'm trying to figure out how much time do I want to spend making a TikTok video? Another but, um, platform. <laughs> yes. Another platform. Yeah, I think I'm, yeah, YouTube is coming soon. But um, yeah. follow us on Twitter, Anxious Black Girls, that's BLK uh, Black Girls. And yeah, if you want to be on the podcast, if you're just an everyday Black girl that wants to come on and talk about her journey with her own mental health, um, or you are a black woman that's a mental health professional and wants to come on and educate, please reach out to me. I'm always looking for new guests. Um, black girls have anxiety too at gmail.com. Again, all the links you need are going to be in the description below. Thank you again for joining. Thanks for listening. I appreciate y'all and have a wonderful night. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2. No matter where you are in the world, I really appreciate your support. See you again on the next episode, but until then, follow us on Instagram at Black Girls Have Anxiety 2 and on Twitter at Anxious Black Girls. That's Anxious BLK Girls. And remember, just because you're struggling doesn't mean you have to struggle in silence. The more we talk about it, the more we heal. <laughs>